0: Hi, thanks for joining this week's podcast with Pastor James Jones of the Divergent Church. We hope you will be blessed by the message you are about to hear. If you would like some more information about the church, please feel free to reach out via email at divergentcog at aol.com or go over and check out our website, divergentcog.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a blessed day. There is a yoke. There is a burden. There is a job. There is work. But it's easy. Once you get started, <laughs> before we get started this morning, uh, I want to thank several of the men yesterday. We had a chance to go down to Baltimore and uh, serve at a church, and you guys worked tirelessly. These guys were sweating yesterday. You should have seen them. We, but we, uh, we, we knocked out a pretty good project for a very good friend. Um, and just try and invest in them a little bit. And I appreciate them so much the men giving literally their entire day, Saturday, to come down and work. And I believe God will definitely bless you for it. Uh, they were uh, they were very excited this morning when they saw the fruit of your labor. And um, I'm grateful for the chance to serve and to give. Uh, a couple other chances to serve and give are coming up. Of um, course, uh, next, next Sunday? Next Sunday. Serving Frederick. Next Saturday? I thought it was Sunday. What's that going on? I thought it was Sunday. Okay. 29th. Thank you. I was sure it was on Sunday. Uh, next Saturday, the 29th. Uh, you guys saw this in the email this past week, and I'll be putting it up online today. I just haven't had the opportunity to do so in the past couple of days, but it's called Serve Frederick. Um, many churches are getting together. Uh, I believe uh, Paul Foss is leading this. Pastor Paul Foss is leading the effort. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting because it comes in line with exactly who we are as a church. You know, when we first started, one of the things I said was, when's the last time the world said, thank God for the church? Uh, we don't hear that much. But we should, because the Word of God says they'll see your good deeds and praise your Father's in heaven. And it's about time Frederick said, thank God there's a church here. So not just one church, but if at last count, I think it was seven churches. We'll make at least number eight uh, getting involved in this. This coming Saturday the 29th, 29th yes, Saturday the 29th, um, at Strong Tower Church in the Parkland out on Patrick Street is where the meeting's going to start, but then from there they're going to break off into groups and go different directions. I'm going to send out more information this afternoon. Um, I put a call into Pastor Darren. He's going to hopefully get me a flyer and get some information about this as well, uh, but it is a chance to serve right here in our local community and in our, in our area and to just be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, um, if you're available next weekend, to be a part of that. There will be more information in the email this week. There was information in this past week's email, but more in the email this week, plus on our Facebook page and uh, by the end of the day on our website as well. Uh, there'll be a copy of the flyer if I can get that digitally, which I think I should have that um, this afternoon. So I did want to make you aware of that. That's this coming weekend. Um, and there's no shame if you got a Divergent t shirt or wearing a Divergent t shirt while you're working, because I wear mine. Um, or if you need one, we got them. So. We're going to try and get some different colors, actually. We got a yellow one last time. We weren't sure how it worked out. Everybody liked the yellow one. So it's like one yellow one, and now everybody wants to beat up the person who has it to take it from them. But, you know, it's a... (laughs) Somebody offered her $50. No, I'm just kidding. She would have took it. Um, (laughs) But, no, uh, we're going to be doing some different colors. We have black and gray still available. We're going to be looking at some... uh, What were the other ones? It was green. It was yellow. It was... Oh, yeah, my wife took the green one. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> No, but we're going to work on some different color ones as well. And, and again, just, you know, uh, to, to we're not advertising a church. We're advertising Jesus Christ. Um, we actually have a few people out in California wearing Divergent shirts today. We have people out in uh, Midwest wearing Divergent shirts today. A lot of people are traveling, if you haven't noticed, um, uh, on vacations and things like that. So uh, and, and some visiting family, uh, you know, going through some... Uh, Uh, family loss as well, but just encouraging and visiting with one another. So we want to pray for those who are traveling this morning. But, um, you know, one thing about summertime, it's always this relaxed time, isn't it? It's always this relaxed time. You can tell it's relaxed. I haven't even gotten to the message yet. So, but it's okay. I'll have you out by 12, guarantee it. One o'clock at the latest. So we'll be... uh, no, but as we get started, I do want to remind you of just a few more things before we get going into the message this morning. As a matter of fact, as I'm telling you, turn with me to John chapter 15. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 15 this morning. We're going to look there. We're also going to be looking in Galatians chapter 5. So if you want to uh, put a finger at Galatians chapter 5, but we're going to start in John chapter 15 this morning. And as you're doing this, I want to remind you, of course, we go live on Facebook every week. we have starting to get a pretty good audience, starting to get some message, uh messenger messages from folks who are saying the, the sermons are blessing them, the praise and worship's blessing them, they don't get out of their house or they're you know, homebound. Some of them aren't even in the state, but God's using what we're doing here to, to be a blessing to other people. And church, I encourage you, that's, that's an amazing thing, but uh, help us share the word with that if you want to share the video or you know, invite people to watch it so forth. Also, we, um, the messages, we do have our podcasting, it's uh, still a work in progress, but I think we've got 10, 11, 12 messages on it so far. Um, uh, being able to share the word and again you know I say this uh, you know carefully it's it's not about the messenger it's about the message we believe the message the word of God is worth sharing and worth getting out Um, and uh, we're very excited about what God's doing it's it's been pretty cool to hear some feedback and hear from folks in different areas uh, about how you know God's been able to use us to touch their lives so I just wanted to encourage you about that and let you know about that uh, there's things that are available this morning and uh, what God's doing through them and one last thing before we get started. I know uh, many of you have gotten the spiritual gift surveys. Uh, I'm not going to hand them out now. If you do not have one, I have them up here in the front. And see me afterwards to grab one of these. But again, um, if you, you know, anytime over the next couple weeks, just fill it out, bring it back, and set it by the offering basket on Sunday morning. Maybe a little more graceful than that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> set it by the offering basket on Sunday morning. Um, It's just, again, it's a tool in the spiritual journey to help you get to where you want to go. Uh, This is a church where if you want to ride the pew, you are more than welcome to. It's also a church if you want to really chase after God, we've got a plan and we'll help you get there. So I want to let you know about those things. Please uh, get those filled out, bring them back in. And if you don't have one, see me after service and we will get you one. All right. Are you still awake? Okay. Okay. Let's get started this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about, are you a Christian? I know it sounds like a simple question, but in all honesty, there's a lot of complexity to that question. There's a lot of depth to that question. Are you a Christian? John chapter 15, and we're going to read the first eight verses of John chapter 15. And it says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done. By this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now let's turn over to Galatians, Chapter Five. Jesus said several times, I am the vine, you are the branches. He was making a very distinct and We're going to get back to that point in just a moment. Let's read these three verses in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, 23, 24, and 25. These four verses. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We have been united with Jesus Christ. Not only redeemed, but continually infused with life that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. You see, when you ask that question, are you a Christian? You ask that question in today's society, and in all honesty, you know, as, as strange as it sounds in America, 70% of people say, I am a Christian. Now out of that 70% of them, 45% say they attend church regularly. Out of that 45%, it dwindles down, it dwindles down, it dwindles down, Do you get to so many who are actively involved seeking after Jesus Christ and making disciples? How do you define Christian, I guess? Maybe that's the question. We say, are you a Christian? And I can say I'm a Christian, but I could also tell you that I'm a different ethnicity than I am. Doesn't make it true. I could also tell you that I'm a doctor, but I'm not. I could tell you many things about myself if I believe them to be true. You see, the world struggles with identity right now. Who am I? What am I? What do we base it on? I've asked people who I know have no desire for the things of God. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. Why are you a Christian? Because I believe in Jesus. Oh, good. That's a good starting point. See, a lot of us have been told throughout ages, throughout generations, whatever, you pray a prayer, God's hands are tied, you're on your way to heaven. I don't see that in the Word of God anywhere. Anywhere. I don't see anywhere in the Word of God that if I say a magic phrase, He has to let me into heaven and I'm no longer bound to obey His Word. So I want to ask you this morning, are you a Christian? Let's look at that. It starts out with being in the vine. To be in the vine, Jesus Himself is the vine. The connection to life. God deals with every branch in the vine. Verse 4 says, uh, of chapter 15, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There's no other way. There is no other way to connect to God. There are not many roads to heaven. There is but one, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. There are no deeds. There's no way to work your way in heaven. There's no scale in front of God that if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, then yeah, okay, you can go to heaven. It doesn't work that way either. There's no steps to take. There's no shortcuts. You know, we watched this movie one time, Pilgrim's Progress. It was an adaptation of the, uh, the book that was written. And throughout this movie, there's this guy, Christian, and there's other ones that are going on this journey to the Celestial City, just as in the book. And at the end of the they they meet a guy along the way. And he says he knows a shortcut. And they have this dialogue, they have this conversation, and Christian said, there's only one way. He goes, ah, oh, there's many ways. You've got to open your mind, you've got to broaden your thinking. Long story short, at the end of the movie, Christian arrives at the edge of the Celestial City clothes tattered and dirty and and hair disheveled. He's been through a lot of things on his way to the celestial city, but up walks the other man he met earlier, just as clean as can be, saying, I told you, there's a shortcut. I made it here. I didn't have to go that way. But as he stood outside the gate, he was not permitted to enter into the city. But instead, the floor opened beneath him, and he dropped and descended into hell. There are no shortcuts. You see, a lot of times when you say, are you a Christian? We say, oh yeah, it's all about love. Absolutely, it's all about love. It is absolutely all about love. But too many times we don't want to hear about hell. We don't want to hear about condemnation. We don't want to hear about judgment. Because God would never judge us. Is that true? If you haven't been a parent, maybe you've had a parent. And if your parent wanted to teach you right and wrong, that they just kind of smile at everything you did? It's okay. Go ahead and keep doing it. As a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, did you ever find yourself doing something you shouldn't do and your parents jumped in the way, maybe scared you, maybe smacked the hand, swatted the diaper, something to strike fear into you, to realize you should not do this? Maybe it's reaching for a hot stove or a hot pot or trying to cross out into traffic as a child. No, if they just loved you and there was no judgment, go ahead, walk out into traffic, it's okay. No parent would do that, right? Okay, go ahead, touch, you know what, they're going to learn, they'll learn, let them touch the oven, burn their hand, they'll be, they'll be okay, they'll learn not to do it anymore. That's good parenting, right? Because we can't judge them, we can't tell them what you're doing is wrong. Don't, I can't tell you, don't. Re- oh, if you want to reach for the pot, you go ahead and see what happens, see what happens to you. You want to walk out in traffic, see how that works, go ahead, go ahead, I can't judge you. That sounds silly, but that's what we've tried to allocate Christianity to. I can't tell you what's right and wrong. I can't tell you. Everything's okay and everything's beautiful. No, everything's not okay. If everything was okay, we wouldn't have needed a Savior in the first place. There is no other way but to remain in the vine, to remain in Jesus Christ. The basis of my claim to Christianity is this. I am in the vine. Am I abiding in Jesus Christ? In the Word. To be in and remain in the vine requires effort. Constant, intentional effort. Verse 6 of chapter 15 says this. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Man, that doesn't sound like... Love does it. No, it, it is the judgment of God. So how do you balance that? You've got judgment and you've got love. You've got mercy and grace, but you've also got the sovereignty of who God is. How do you balance that? How do you bring that to a place of understanding? How do you bring that to a place of reconciliation? Well, the truth is this. The Word of God tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all done it. We've all messed up somewhere. If you have never sinned, please tell me your secret. Because I will probably blow it before the day's over. Let alone the week, the month, the year, whatever. Does that mean I intentionally blow it? No, I don't intentionally blow it. But I will blow it. I will mess up. But I will strive not to. I will try not to. And when I do fall, I will get back up in Jesus Christ. By God's grace. Understanding what I've done. See, to simply confess the name of Jesus does not equate to a changed life. It doesn't. But we've been told that so often. Just confess the Lord and you'll be saved. That is scripture and that is true. But even the demons in hell believe and tremble. Are you a Christian? I mean, are you really? I believe in Jesus. Good. Satan believes in Jesus too. Demons believe in Jesus as well. Worshippers of Satan believe in Jesus as well. Are they Christian? You see, it's a lot deeper than what we think. The basis of my claim to Christianity is not just I have said something, but it's that I am abiding in the vine. That I am abiding in Jesus Christ. To simply confess the name of Jesus does not equate into a changed life. These who bear fruit. They display the evidence of a changed life. You know, I I saw something pretty cool online the other day. Had a picture of a lion and it says a lion doesn't have to go around telling people it's a lion. Makes sense. Somebody who is great at something doesn't often go around trying to convince everybody they're great at something. They just are. If I'm a Christian, I'm not going around constantly talking about my faith. I'm going around constantly living my faith. To simply confess the name of Jesus Christ does not equate into a changed life. But when you bear fruit, when there's a display, when there's a evidence in your life, they bear the fruit by remaining in Him and in obedience to his word. You see, many times he said, I am the vine. He kept coming back to that phrase. He kept coming back to that statement. I am the vine, if you abide in me. And making that correlation. He's the source of life, church. They bear fruit by remaining in him and by being obedient to his word, which brings us to verse 7. Two big words in this sentence. If... And, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Oh boy. This is where the church gets lost a lot in our day and age. I'm going to ask God for a new car and a big house. No, 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 You're not quite hearing the verse right. See, a lot of us skip through the if and the and, and we just get to... Desires of my heart, oh boy, this is what I wanted to hear. This is the gospel. This is, I can ask God for whatever I want. First off, God is not a genie in a bottle. He doesn't grant you three wishes or 30 wishes or anything like that. He's God. He's sovereign. So what is this text saying? Wait a second, is this contradictory then? You will ask and you'll have the desire of your heart? Let's go back over to Galatians for just a second. Galatians chapter 5. We just read this a second ago in verse 24. And those who are Christ's, this will be Christian, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Oh, dang. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Your desires are going to be different. I'm not going to ask for material things. I'm not going to ask for gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give I'm going to ask, Lord, let me know you more. I'm going to ask for give me wisdom. I'm going to ask for give me patience. I'm going to ask for give me an ability to be close. My desires going to be different. Lord, give me a soul I can win. Give me somebody I can love. Give me somebody I can care for. My desires will be different. And I'll be asking for the desires of my heart because my desires have been changed. You see, if you remain in Jesus and His Word remains in you, then you will ask what you will. You will ask what your desire is because your desire will be very different. Your desire will come in alignment with the desires of God. Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh, they have a new nature, complete with a new desire a new walk, a new talk. We are no longer desiring the things of the world. That's part of the fruit that the world sees. You see, when Christians argue like the world argues, what fruit does the world see? When we're all about my rights and what I want and what I deserve. And it's crept its way into the church. It really has. You know, we live in a day and age where where you can have it all i don't know what it all is but you can have it whatever it all is it'll be different tomorrow but you can have it you gotta be willing to pay the price you gotta be willing to sell out for it but you can have it because we live in a place and, and, and i tell you we've we've lost sight of what freedom really is my wife and i we uh... went up and hung out with uh, a pastor in hancock Maryland, and we went to a restaurant up there, it was owned by a guy from Iran, I think he was. He had immigrated from Iran years ago. And we were talking with him. And, and, and until you've actually been there or heard it, you don't quite understand it. And so we were talking with him, and he was just talking about how great he loved it here. And I, I said, well, obviously we've got our problems. You know, you watch watching news. He goes, I know. He says, I, everybody sees that. But here's the thing. He says, there's no place I'd rather live. And I said, why? And he's talking to us. He says, when he was in Iran, it was very... He says, well, I'm here. Somebody takes something. Maybe you've got... You don't understand the protection you have and the safety you have and the the, the freedom you have here. Where he used to live, he says, when I was in in Iran, if somebody takes something from you, there's no police. Who are you going to call? You can go to the governors in that area... And you can file a claim and you can try and get it back from them by going through the court system, but everything is so crooked that even people who are in the court system have friends that stole it from you and they'll just keep moving your case down and you'll never get hurt. Somebody can come and take your house, take your belongings, and you can't do anything about it. He says, uh, somebody walks into the restaurant and tries to take it from me, I can pick up my phone and dial 911 and armed men will come and take them away. And I said, that's, that's true. He said, I've never been in such a place. See, that's the liberty of freedom. That's the wonderful thing of freedom. But, and what we've done is we've escalated to a whole nother level. To my rights, what I deserve, what I should get. Society owes me. First off, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes me anything. They don't. We owe one debt, the Word of God says, and that's to love one another. Do we have a problem with racism? No, that's the symptom. Do we have a problem with greed? Nope, that's the symptom too. Do we have a problem with corruption in the government? Nope, that's another symptom. And we've been trying to fight these symptoms for generations. We've been trying to fight racism and fight greed and fight corruption and fight. If we could get back to the heart of the matter. If I have a tumor in my body, it's going to cause an ache. If I try and heal the ache, it'll come back. But if I try and get rid of the tumor, I might actually remove the problem altogether. You know what the tumor is that plagues us is a separation from God, period. In all honesty, it is a separation from God. Think about it. Even the church has allowed this mentality to come in. How many songs have you heard about, I'm going to get my blessing, my this, my that, God's going to give me, God's going to get. Yes, God desires to bless us, but not the way you're thinking. Not with me swimming around in piles of money. Not with me being rich and famous. You know, the Apostle Paul was blessed. He talked about how he was so blessed. And the man spent part of his life in jail and part of his life shipwrecked and being stoned by others and left for dead and being falsely accused. And this is a guy that says, I'm living a good life. And we might look at that and say, man, that's, that's harsh, Pastor. Well, until you're in it, you don't really know. Until you've walked that life. You see, he was in the vine and the word of God was in him and abided in him. And he began to walk on a whole different plane and a whole different level. And what he began to understand was this temporary surrounding that we live in is not the end all be all. This is not where I'm going to end up. I'm going to a place that's eternal, I'm going to a place that's forever. This is temporary. And what I do here is investing in where I am going next. So I'm asking you are you a Christian? I'm not asking you, do you believe in Jesus? I'm asking you, are you a Christian? Are you bearing fruit? If you are a Christian, you are bearing fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, don't get mad at me. This is just the Word of God. It's not safe, but it's good, it's sharper than any two edged sword but it's like God's scalpel that can do operating work. You know, I said a moment ago, we have all kinds of symptoms in America. We do, and around the world. But if I come to Jesus Christ, I don't care what you look like, what you talk like, what you sound like. I'm called to love you, period. Here's the other thing, and this is where we lose a lot of people. I don't care what you've done to me. I'm called to love you. Period. You remember a few years ago, and it's still happening now, it's just not in the news anymore. A few years ago, when Christians were being ethnically cleansed essentially, and still are, they were targeted, they've been beheaded in, in mass numbers. And I say Christians because I don't have to ask them, are you a Christian? I saw they were. I can see it by their testimony. Not because they gave their life for Christ, but how they gave their life for Christ. Their last words were not cursing. Their last words were not God destroyed these people. Their last words, their last words were, God, forgive them. They don't understand. God, for- This person with a sword who's about to chop my head off, who's about to torture my family, who's about to do it, God, please forgive them. Don't let Satan have. That's Christianity. That's, see, I told you it's not easy. Narrow is the way, difficult is the way. It's not easy being, if it was easy being a Christian, everybody would be one. Everybody thinks they are one. I believe in Jesus. Good. Are you a Christian? I'm not even a good, I'm a pastor and sometimes I'm not even a good Christian. I lost my, I was telling somebody the other day, I lost my temper at work. I had to go apologize for it. Now, Everybody at work was like, oh, that was justified. You should have told him more than you told him." No, I shouldn't have. I should have never said what I said. I mean, I didn't cross the line. I just said, this is getting ridiculous. This is enough. You know, I did, didn't, didn't go too far, but raised my voice, got a little upset. So I went back and said, you know what? The facts were the facts. But I shouldn't have presented it the way I did. I'm sorry. And when I did that, the guy was like, kind of like one of those, what? I want to be a Christian. I don't always do it right. I don't always get it the way it should be done. But I'm going to keep trying. I'm asking you, are you a Christian? Because if you are, there is fruit. Did you know last year, and I know I shared this with you last year, I think it was 1,500 to 2,500, they don't know the exact count, Fifteen to 2,500 members of ISIS came to Jesus Christ. You're like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Because they said they were moved by the people they were executing, saying, Father, forgive them. Jesus redeemed. I mean, their last breath wasn't, how dare you, you can't. They didn't get up and try and fight back. They sat there and said, let this be a witness. Let this free them from hell. Let, it's not about me justifying myself or vindicating myself on this earth. It's about what's yet to come. Do I really believe that? Because if I don't believe that, am I really a Christian? Do I wholeheartedly believe the word of God? Because if I do, then I know that this life is temporary. Regardless of when it ends, it's temporary. And many of them who were coming to Christ were stating that they were moved by this. That in dreams they saw visions of Jesus Christ. And their life was changed. You may look around us at our nation and say, man, our nation's messed up. I'm telling you, if there were a few Christians around, it wouldn't be messed up for long. Because of the fruit. Not because of me standing up or holding a sign, I'm a Christian, I'm better than you, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. No. Because of the fruit. Because of serving. Because of loving. Because of forgiving before it's even asked for. Man, in our day and age, we're, we, I have to be careful. I listen to a A guy on the radio, my wife and I both had heard him, ironically, we were talking about last night, who was giving a poor example of Christianity because his example was one of unforgiveness, one of selfishness, one of what I should have, what I deserve because somebody has done something to me. That's not Christianity. That's the world. That is literally the thinking of the world. Be not conformed to this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the Word of God says. Are you a Christian? I wanted so bad to call in that show and ask him, Are you a Christian? I'm like, No, I'm not going to add to this. I'm not going to mess with this. I'm having too good of a day to call this fella. I'm going to keep on driving and turn the channel. are you a Christian? What am I asking? I'm not asking if you can walk up to an altar and feel an emotion. I'm not asking if somebody prayed a prayer over you. I'm not asking if you prayed a prayer. I'm not asking if someone has laid their hands on you. I'm asking, are you a Christian? You see, if I want to know if you're a Christian, you know what I would do? Be careful, because I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going to do this in real life. Don't get we nervous. I don't know where any of y'all work at. But if I wanted to know if you were a Christian, I'd ask your boss. Everybody ducking down the seat now. I'd I'd be too, believe me. I'd ask your boss. I'd ask your coworkers. Heck, I'd ask your neighbors. Are they a Christian? Man, I wonder what the neighbors would say. I wonder what my neighbors would tell you. I know what my one neighbor would say. Bless God, he's the... I love you, Tom. I know you're watching. I'd ask your neighbors, I'd ask your coworkers. I'd ask your boss, because they can tell if you are a Christian or not because they're watching you. And they'll let you know if there's fruit on the branch or not. They'll let you know if the branch is bare or if there's fruit on it. They'll let you know if I've seen this person. I've seen love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. I've seen that. I've seen some semblance of that in their life. Are you a Christian? There are some, man, I'm telling you, there are some great things coming up this fall. And, and even in this summer. See, summer is usually a, a, a slack time for churches where people are on vacations and things kind of chill out and mellow down. We've actually got a couple of events coming up this summer where we're going to be reaching out to the neighborhood. This coming Saturday is one of them. We're getting involved with other folks, but then we've got a few here locally in Walkersville we're going to be doing. You saw in the email a few of them. And as we get into the fall, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, starting some more small groups soon, starting some classes, some different Bible studies, training, educating, equipping, because we're about to grow into the vision we shared. Uh, The other the other month. But the way we get there is it starts here. Are you a Christian? The branches that bear no fruit. Would be like those who profess to believe, but their lack of fruit says that there's no genuineness in their life. I'm going to wrap it up with this way before 12. Somebody say amen. I was joking. Don't. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> the branch that has no fruit would be like those who profess to believe, but their lack of fruit shows a lack of genuineness, a lack of genuine salvation. If you remain in me, if my word remains in you, narrow is the way, difficult thereby, if you come by it. Christianity is not easy. It's not a, hey, we prayed a prayer now, let's just sing songs and feel good till we go to heaven. Let's start a campfire and sing kumbaya. I don't, is that a, that's a real song, right? I've heard people say that before, but I don't know the words to it. Are there words to it? Don't, somebody, somebody educate me after church. I'm, I'm, I don't get out much. I'm sorry. But the truth be told, it's not, you know, the, as advertised, oh, let's come in, let's pray a prayer. All right, we're all going to heaven. Do whatever you want to do. You know, I've given you this analogy before, and it remains true. The Word of God compares the relationship of the Bride of Christ and Jesus Christ like a marriage relationship. Now think about this. Think about this. Men, ladies, both of you, think about this. A spouse that you have taken to the altar, you get there, they make all the vows, they say all the right things, they wear the tuxedo, they cry some tears, they feel something. They make that commitment. And as soon as you leave... They're like, okay, we're husband and wife. I'm gonna go do whatever I want now. You got to be my wife because you said so, and I said so, and we were in the altar. It's a done deal. Yeah, how many of y'all would go for that? Just how many of y'all would you would go to an altar? You'd entertain that, and they say, well, you know, what? When I'm lonely, I'll come back. When I need you, I'll be around because I know that you're always going to be my husband. I know that you're always going to be my wife. I know. We made a commitment. We said the the thing. We made the vow. We were in an altar. It was real. Now, I can go do whatever I want to do. Marriage is hard. I mean, not mine. It's great. (laughs) Hard on my wife, but. No, it is. Marriage is hard. We're actually going to be doing a series later on this fall, maybe, maybe summer, if if we can't wait long enough, but summer, late summer, early fall about marriage, about intimacy, about God's way. It's gonna be awesome. But here's the thing. Are you a Christian? I'm not asking if you went to an altar, I'm not asking if you prayed a prayer, I'm not asking if you attend a church on Sundays. Are you a Christian? Are you bearing fruit? Do people see the evidence in your life? Are you genuinely changed? Are you living in obedience to His Word? You see, understand, the wise man who built his house upon the rock in that parable, that rock wasn't just the Word of God, it was obedience to the Word of God. Are you genuine? Are you bearing fruit? Has your life been changed? Are you obedient to his word, church? Are you a Christian? Let's pray.